Well, uh, I want to share with you a message that we've entitled Your Best Days. Your Best Days. Your Best Days. And I want to encourage you, if you're here, no matter your age, if you drag out, we, we still have, back before they had uh, the cell phones taking pictures and all of that, you had to use an actual camera. And uh, some of you might remember some of the cameras. Remember when Polaroids came out and you'd, it, it would come, the Instamatic, and it'd come out and you'd just shake it and, and just shake it and shake it. And finally it would develop right there in front of your eyes. So we've got trays of those old pictures under the bed. And so Teresa and I, every now and then, we talk about pulling them out and looking at old pictures. But honestly, they make me so melancholy. <laughs> I'm like, oh God, weren't those the best days? But how many of you are glad that your best days are still in front of you? How many of you believe that? If you're a child of God, the best days are always still in front of us. They're not behind us, they're before us. So I want to talk to you just a little bit about your best days, your best days. Look with me in Psalm 110. Verses 1 through 3. Psalm 110, verses 1 through 3. The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. The Lord shall send the rod of thy strength out of Zion. Rule thou in the midst of thine enemies. Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power. In the beauties of holiness, from the womb of the morning, thou hast the dew of thy youth. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your word. I pray your richest blessings fall upon us now as we celebrate this entire weekend. We thank you for everything that you have done. Oh my goodness, we celebrate all that has been done. Fifty years of blessing. And so God, we give you the glory. We give you the honor. When we used to have these annual anniversaries, I can remember choirs singing that great old song, We Have Come This Far by Faith, Leaning on the Lord. So I thank you, Almighty God, for bringing us to this day. And now we lift our eyes toward the harvest. We lift our eyes toward the kingdom. We lift our eyes toward your promise and the future and the destiny that you have set upon this house. And we pray your richest blessings upon even this night in Jesus' name. And everyone say amen. 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 Well, together we're celebrating the 50th anniversary of the Door Fellowship Church. My goodness. Now think about that. Just put, put some context to it. When Pastor Mike Holcomb and Mark Holcomb were just little boys, and shortly after their only daughter was born, Margie, and yes, before Pastor Matthew Holcomb was even born, the Door Fellowship was born of the Holy Ghost in the hearts of Pastors Wayne and Margaret Holcomb. And it was during the fire of revival in the Jesus Movement in 1969. Fourteen teenagers walked in to the Olmer's house, and they realized then, well, I guess this is a church. And so as they came in needing miraculous change, and God began to move. Oh, my. How many of you can look back and say, God has been faithful? Is there anyone here tonight that you can look back over your yesterdays and lift your hands to Jesus even now and say, God has been so faithful? Hallelujah. And yet, in our heart, 50 years later, we've got to declare that your best days are continually coming. 
I've got to say that. Let me say it again. Your best days are continually coming. And you know why? It's because God isn't finished yet. He's not finished with you. He's not finished with your family. He's not finished with your children. He's not finished with this church. How many of you are glad that God's not finished in the kingdom? He's still expanding His kingdom all over the earth. Now, I know, I know that this is a dark and difficult day. And I know that the world is, is worried about the future. As a matter of fact, many Christians in America are filled with fear. And they're troubled with anxiety. I'm talking about Christians concerning the future for the church and for our nation. And I understand the concern that the world has. After all, there's terrorism with nuclear weapons that can be carried in a suitcase. Add to that political craziness, drug abuse, decline in morality. So, of course, the, the world is afraid. And I do not deny that the world has its dilemmas. But I will say the world has always had its dilemmas. So, child of God, we have cause to rejoice. It doesn't matter what's going on in our nation. It doesn't matter if you're a Christian in China or the Soviet Union or wherever a believer is today. I'm here to declare to you that our best days are yet ahead because God has promised a worldwide harvest and we have a king who will reign over all the earth. Amen. That's his promise. And he's still doing his kingdom work. Aren't you glad to be a part of what he's still doing? So I don't deny that the world has its dilemmas, but God will take care of his own children. I said God is a good father, and he will take care of his own children. Psalm 110 is a psalm of prophecy. It's a song of hope for the future. As you know, all the psalms are psalms. And this psalm was written by uh, King David, a warrior king. And David writes this song, and as he writes it, he writes it from the perspective of a warrior. He writes it from the perspective of a king. And he begins to talk about our king. This song to me is so encouraging. It's a reminder that God is still in control. That Jesus is still the king of kings and lord of lords over all the earth. And that's why I declare with full confidence that your best days are yet to come. So it doesn't matter if you're pastoring like Armand out in Los Angeles, or you're past, which, uh, by the way, God is moving in Los Angeles. But it doesn't matter where you're pastoring, what state you're from, or where you've gathered here from for this great celebration. I'm here to tell you that your best days are still in front of you. Begin to rejoice tonight. Can we lift our hands to God and say, Thank you, Jesus. My best days are still before me. Hallelujah. And so I know that it's true, the best days for our church, the best days for this church, the most faithful and fruitful days for the kingdom of God are still before us. And I believe the future is certain for two good reasons, in the, according to this song. And let me give them to you quickly. The first is because nothing can prevent the rule and reign of Jesus Christ. Absolutely nothing will stop it. This is a prophetic psalm in which the scripture says, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. So I'd like to say that Jesus is king of all the earth. And all of his enemies are simply his footstool. 
Jesus will shake the earth. The scripture, as a matter of fact, I believe that the power of Jesus has been shaking the world for 2,000 years. I believe the power of God was shaking the world 50 years ago when the Jesus movement started. I was thinking today about all that Pastor Wayne and Pastor Margaret and, and, uh, and myself that we've seen. I was saved in the Jesus movement myself. And so we've seen the Jesus movement. We've seen the Word of Faith movement. We've seen the Toronto revival. Hello, y'all still out there. We've seen the Brownsville revival. We've seen all these different moves of God. And can I tell you that God isn't finished? Now, moves might finish, but God isn't finished moving. And so what God does, He just continues to move in all the earth. And so for the generation that's being raised up right now, for those of you that have, we've passed the mantle to, for those of you that are carrying the torch into the future, I've got some great news for you. God is still moving. He is not finished. He's still on the throne. And your best days are in front of you. Hallelujah. I feel like running around the church. <laughs> I know that's a little old-fashioned, but good to take a run every now and then. Psalm 110 and verse 1 says, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. This means to me, uh, if you look in Hebrews 12, verses 26 through 29, the Scripture says that, that God is so in control that there's actually one last shaking that's coming. The Scripture says that His voice then shook the earth. But now He hath promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. <laughs> and this word, Yet once more signifieth the removing of those things that are shaken as of things that are made. So when you look around at a troubled world, there's a whole lot of shaking going on. When you look around at politics and politicians and world governments, there's a whole lot of shaking going on. But in the kingdom of God, hallelujah, we have that which remains, which cannot be shaken. And after kingdoms have been shaken, after kings and presidents and leaders pass away, after judges and supreme courts are long gone, there will reign Jesus Christ, Lord of lords and King of kings over all the earth. Hallelujah. That decision's already been made. And so it goes on to say, Wherefore we, receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, I love this, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably and with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. Your future is certain. Turn to someone beside you and declare to them, your future is certain. Your best days are coming. You know, the powerful thing about the kingdom of God, Christ's kingdom, is it is not affected. It's not affected by demons. It's not affected by kings. It's not affected by politics nor politicians. It is not affected by terrorists. In Psalm 110, it goes on to say in verses 4 through 6, The Lord hath sworn and will not repent. You are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. The Lord at thy right hand shall strike through kings in the day of his wrath. Do you see that? He shall judge among the heathen. He shall fill all the places with dead bodies. He shall wound the heads over many countries. <laughs> That's the God that you and I serve. 
He's in absolute control. He isn't nervous. There's no anxiety in heaven. How many of you are glad that God isn't on Prozac or Xanax or any of those kind of things? He doesn't have to swallow Tums twice a day. Hello. He's in control. Someone said recently, Pastor, I've read the Bible through, and, and I'm more afraid of the devil than ever before. Every year I read the Bible through from, from Genesis to Revelation, and I'm, I've become more and more afraid of the devil. And so the question is, well, why? He said, well, well he, in Genesis he started out as a snake. In 1 Peter he grew into a lion. And by the time I get to Revelation, he's a dragon. Well, Psalm 91 and verse 13 says to the church, You shall tread upon the lion and the snake, the young lion and the dragon shall you trample under feet. So the bottom line is, it doesn't matter how big he gets, we're bigger. He's under our feet. Church, he's under our feet. The future is certain because Jesus is King of kings. He's Lord of lords. Your best days are coming because nothing can prevent the reign of Jesus Christ. Nothing's going to stop that. He shall reign. I said, He shall reign. The second thing I see is that our future is certain. The best days are ahead because the church is being revived. The church is being revived. I know some of you may not think that's so. You might look around and say, well, there's so many changes and churches are changing and things aren't the way they used to be. But I'm here to tell you that the church is alive and well. And the church is being revived all over the world. In Psalm 110, verse 2, take a look at that passage. It says, The Lord shall send the rod of thy strength out of Zion. Rule thou in the midst of thine enemies. And that's exactly what's happening. The rod, of course, is the word of God. Here it represents the Word of God made flesh, prophetically speaking of Jesus Christ. But it's also typical of the Word uh, of God, the written Word of God, which we, you and I have. And there is a rod coming out of Zion. Zion is the church. The Word is coming out of the church. I said the Word is going out of the church. The Word of God is coming out of the church. And the church is growing. In China, the church is growing. In Africa the church is growing. In Russia, the church is growing. In South America, the church is growing. And in the USA, the church is growing. Can somebody give the Lord a great praise offering? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Six years ago today, today, October 18th, 2013, we transitioned our church to Pastor Rob and Monica. This is the anniversary of them becoming lead pastors of Calvary Church. And since we transitioned the church to them, it is doubled in membership. They have around 1,700 average coming to the church now. We have sent out seven pastors to plant churches. We've helped plant churches in Los Angeles and in Las Vegas. Sin City. <laughs> Don't you tell me the church isn't growing. I'm here to tell you the church is growing. Pastor Armand, who is here, I had lunch with him last month in Los Angeles, and he is planning a church. 
I'm telling you all over, and, and if God has to send missionaries in from other countries, He's going to send them in and plant churches. Because revival, the church is growing. I said the church is growing in America. Don't believe the lie of the devil. The lie of the devil is just more fake news. That's good preaching right there, Brother Richard. Amen. Keep it up. Let me tell you some other good things. Christian movies are increasing, and they're filling theaters. We're invading Hollywood. Church planting is on the rise. Christian books, listen to this, Christian books are the most popular genre of adult book sales. If it wasn't for Christian books right now, there's a decline in the sale of the written page in every genre except Christian books, which are still selling at five times the rate of books all, of any other kind all across the country. Jesus, right now, is ruling in the midst of His enemies. Oh, yes, He is. <laughs> because the Word is coming out of Zion. And the rod, the Word of God, is still strong and powerful. I'm so glad to see Pastor Phil and Gina Crandall here. I'm so thrilled to see them. This, this man of God in the Bible college there, Blue Ridge Bible College, can I tell you that anointed evangelists, anointed pastors, anointed prophets, anointed apostles and teachers are still declaring God's Word. And they're being raised up all over our country. And I love this. Take a look with me at the, at the rest of that verse, verse 3. Psalm 110 verse 3 goes on to say, Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power. <laughs> more and more willing workers are volunteering. I remember when we went on a drive to increase volunteers at our church back in 2008. We determined that we were going to double our volunteer workforce in the church. And we had a two-year commitment to double the number of people who were actively working in the church. And that it didn't mean we had to double. It just meant we had to get some people working who were coming but doing nothing. <laughs> Can you, somebody, uh, hello, y'all still out there. And so we began to teach and preach on willingness. And would you believe that in two years, by the time we had doubled our workers, the church itself had doubled over that next two-year period. I believe that it's possible to, and, and that it is happening, more and more willing workers are volunteering. Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power. Right now, in our local church, 90% of our new church growth are joining the church, becoming members, and getting involved. Somebody ought to be giving God a great praise offering for that. Because you remember Jesus gave us this prayer request in Matthew 9, 37 and 38. He said, the harvest truly is ripe, but the laborers are few. And Jesus' prayer request was pray to the Lord of the harvest. He's the Lord of what? The harvest. Pray, and He will send forth laborers into His harvest. The church is being revived, and God is raising up willing workers. Turn to someone beside you and say, make yourself available. One of the things that happens in my generation is we look back and we say, wow, we, did all, we just worked so hard, and man, we came so far, and we did so much. I think it's time for those young folk to do a little something. That's a grave mistake for you, and I mean a grave mistake. 
it's important for you to stay busy in the kingdom. You start volunteering. I don't care if it's working in the parking lot or whatever you've got to do. Just start volunteering and getting involved and jumping into the kingdom work because as long as you're busy in the kingdom, you're breathing. Can somebody shout hallelujah? (laughs) Amen. Amen. Because the living, the living shall praise you, the prophet said. The dead can't praise you. You can't praise anybody. We can't praise God from the grave. So... Turn to someone beside you and say, I suggest you get willing. And then watch this. Psalm 110 verse 3 goes on to say, not only thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power, but it says in the beauties of holiness. Something that I'm beginning to see in my travels around the country and indeed around the world is God is raising up a people and a generation that is not seeing holiness as a burden too hard to carry. And, and I'm not talking about, about formal, uh, your, your clothing. and all. I'm talking about genuine holiness. There, there is a move of God in the church that's valuing marriage again, that's valuing faithfulness to the spouse. There's a move of God and the young people and the generation that are rising up right now that are, that are reaching out for the holiness of the Lord. And the scripture says, Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power in the beauties of holiness from the womb of the morning. See, God, there there are people that are being raised up right now that are not calling separation from the world legalism. They're understanding that I need to obey his word willingly because I love the Lord. Jesus said, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I have found that I have been more obedient in my times when I knew the Lord loved me And I knew I loved him. But when you're uncertain of the love of God and the devil begins to convince you that you may as well throw in the towel, you're not all that you should be anyway, you just keep coming on out to the house of God. If you're struggling with an addiction, if you're battling with some besetting sin, don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Stay in the house of God. And God will give you the power. Somebody shout amen. As you love him to separate yourself from those things and then I love this part it says it adds thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power and the beauty of holiness from the womb of the morning thou hast to do of youth the new international version reads this way your troops will be willing on the day of battle arrayed in holy splendor your young men will come to you like dew from the morning's womb. I think probably of everything that I've shared with you, this is the thing that excites me most about the best days that are still ahead, is that God has given me a promise for my children and my grandchildren, and God helped me to live long enough to see my great-grandchildren serving Him. Hallelujah. I have three children, really six, counting my... Uh, daughter-in-laws and my son-in-law. As a matter of fact, I think I like them better than my own kids. <laughs> Y'all did a real good job with Monica, I've just got to say. She's, she's really amazing. And, and Erica is, is fantastic. And Jesse, I don't know how he puts up with my spoiled little baby daughter, Rebecca. He's amazing. Best dad faithful to the house of God is Father Gerald Davis and Sonia 
raised him in the house of God, and he's passionate about the Lord and family and home, and he's living so strong for God. He, do, he did these notes for me. He, sent, he does this in all my travels. He, he takes care of all of my, my media for me, sends me a little text. Here you go, Dad. I love you, Dad. Thank you, Dad. Ten grandbabies, six boys and four girls. And I, don't you come to me telling me that the worst days are ahead or that revival is ahead. You're talking to a papaw here. I'll fight you over that. I'm here to tell you the best days are ahead. I got children and grandchildren that are going to serve God and make a difference in the kingdom. Can somebody shout hallelujah? I'm determined that they're going to serve God and live for God and love God. And be willing in the day of battle. Arrayed in holy splendor, this young army will come like dew from the morning's womb. What that means is are you believing God for a child or a grandchild or a great-grandchild? See, what that means is like, like the dew. It, 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 you go to bed at night. And, and you get up in the morning, and I noticed even in the drought we had, that somehow in the morning, if you get up early enough, as the sun's coming up, you can run your hand across the ground and there's a little dew being brought up in the morning. Wasn't there the night before? Wasn't there in the heat of the day? And overnight, it sprang up out of the soil. And God says that a young army is going to be raised up by God. They're just going to show up one day like the morning dew. You got a child away from God? Begin to believe God for that child. You have a grandchild away from the Lord? Begin to believe God for that grandchild. And one morning, like the dew on the grass, they'll come into the house of God, walk into their purpose, and fulfill their destiny. Hallelujah. Believe God for it. Believe God for it. It's the promise of the Lord. Oh, I'm a little fired up. Pardon me. Hallelujah. Never preached this before. This is exciting. Malachi 4 and 6. Let me give you a couple of encouraging verses. And he shall, speaking of these last days, he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers. There are families so divided. I'm talking about Christian families. Fathers not speaking to children. Children estranged from their dad and mom. But I believe this verse. And I believe one of the things, the best is yet to come. I said the best is yet to be. Your best days are ahead of you because God's going to bring those kids back. God's going to unite moms and dads to their children. I believe it with all of my heart. It's the promise of God. He shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers. And how about Acts? The book of Acts, chapter 2 and verse 17. We're so big in Pentecost to talk about the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues, but there's more to the work of the Holy Spirit than that. The Scripture says, watch this, the Scripture says it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Woo. Your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. 
The devil may be romping all over hell right now, saying the children are mine, but he's been wrong before and he's wrong again. Your young will come to God like the early morning do. God will have the youth. I said God will have our children. I believe it. Let me just close with a couple of little thoughts here. And then it goes on to say in Psalm 110 verse 7 that Jesus will return in victory. Now the psalmist, of course, is King, King David. And here in Psalm 110 verse 7, let me read it to you from the New International Version. It says, He will drink from a brook along the way, and so will he lift his head high. It's kind of a... The psalmist, of course, is the warrior King David, and he has a unique way of describing Jesus' victory lap. <laughs> After it's over, and he's conquered all the nations of the earth, and kings have been submitted to him, because you know the Scripture promises, every knee shall bow, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The Bible says, and I can almost picture King David doing this, and this is the way he illustrates, illustrates Jesus' victory. It says he'll stop after this final battle. He'll reach down in the brook, and he'll take water in his hand. He'll drink from it, and then he'll lift his head high. <laughs> he'll lift his head high. He's King of kings. He's Lord of lords. Nothing can stop the reign of our King, and the church is being revived. Can we stand to our feet together? I did it. I got through before 9. I knew I could do it. Just a couple questions before we pray. Christian child of God, are you excited about the future? <laughs> are you excited about the future? The enemy wants to rob you of that excitement. You know, a lot of people, when you get, get my age and you start getting those little Medicare notices in the mail, you know, telling you, you, you better do this by a certain date, and, and, and you're like, what, what's all this Medicare stuff about? What's this part A, part B? So, I'm so confused. And then, and then every day you start getting little cards from insurance companies and they're asking you to come out to some seminar and they're trying, they want to sell you some, their insurance, their supplemental policies. And let us explain it all to you. I, I mean, you need, a, you need a law degree to figure all this out. And then you still may be confused. And so, so you start receiving all of that and you... You, you start thinking, well, I guess my best days were behind me. Yeah, I reckon it's over. Yeah. Well, I don't know what to do now. I guess I'll get me a rocking chair and I'll just sit out on the porch. And Can I tell you, you need to be excited about your future. Because when the enemy robs you of excitement about the future, you slip into such a discouragement and despair that you become ineffective. And you become your own worst enemy. You'll find yourself having to get 
Uh, you'll find yourself sick physically. You'll find yourself having to take medications. You'll, you'll, find, yourself, you'll find yourself going to somebody and saying, hey, I, I, I can't, can't sleep at night. Come on, can I tell you, best thing you can do is just stay active in the house of God. I said stay active in the house of God. Just stay active in the house of the Lord. Volunteer. Do something in the house of God. Stay busy in the kingdom because the living praise Him. <laughs> and I'm excited about living. Anybody in here excited about living? So are you excited about the future? Can we recommit ourselves tonight? Is it possible that we could recommit ourselves as Christians? That we could say, wow, God, I, I guess I've just been listening to too much cable news. I, things are discouraging out there. I, it seems like the world's going to hell in a handbasket. It, it feels like it's all over but the crying. And, 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 and I don't see any way. It, I, don't, I don't see the revival that I want to see. Can I challenge you to get excited about the future by recommitting yourself to Jesus tonight? In the light of all His promises, let's ask God, in the light of all these promises, let's ask God these, these couple of things. First, at, let's ask Him to use us in a greater way in His harvest. And you say... Why? Well, remember, we, we preached it. Be willing in the day of His power. I believe we're living in the day of His power. And I believe His power is increasing in the earth, not declining. The darker the day, the brighter the light. I'm here to tell you that the Holy Spirit is still the Holy Ghost. The power of God is still the power of God. The blood of Jesus is still the blood of Jesus. And so we need to determine in our heart, I'm going to be willing, I want to be used in a greater way in His harvest. Because the harvest field is the world. And no matter how hard the soil is, let's go plow and let's sow the seed. Because God has a soul in that soil. And then, at the final ingathering of the harvest of men, according to Revelations chapter 14, verse 15 through 17, the harvest will be so great that heaven will have to help us reap the harvest. In Matthew 13, 39, the scripture says that Jesus himself said, the reapers are the angels, separating saved from unsaved. Our job is to plant the seed. Our job is to get the word out. And I, and I said, heaven will reap the harvest and bring it in. And we'll come rejoicing. Hallelujah, bringing in the sheep. So as believers, two prayers tonight. The first is this. As believers, let's pray right now. Can we lift our hands to heaven? And I'm going to ask every believer in the house to repeat this prayer with me. Pray this out loud with me. Almighty God, use me in a greater way in your harvest. I am willing pour out your power upon my life and through me to the world in Jesus' name. And then let me add this. If there's any here who have not given your heart and life to Jesus Christ, this is your day. Are you ready to meet the Lord God Almighty? You can be. My wife is ministering in Norfolk, Virginia with Bishop McBath this weekend, their church, their ladies' conference. And she's there ministering and Bishop McBath sent me a little picture of, of they had a little they had a baptism and they had about they had about 17 people scheduled to baptize 
And so they announced the baptism. They're doing the baptism. And he talked about five minutes on it. And suddenly, 40, about 40 more came running down the aisle wanting to be baptized in water in the mighty name of Jesus. Can somebody shout hallelujah? And so they came forward to receive. Glory to God. I did pulpit field at Calvary just about uh, three weeks ago. And on that Sunday, there, there were 20 saved in the three services. My wife did pulpit field uh, last week, a week before last. And when she did pulpit field, there were 16 saved in the second and third services alone. We have no idea how many in first. I'm just here to tell you that there is a revival. And it will be willing in the day of His power. There are people giving their heart and life to Jesus every day. All over the world, the church is growing. The church is alive. The church is triumphant. Hallelujah. And so I just wonder right now if we could just bow our heads in the presence of the Lord. And I'd like to ask if there are any here this evening. and Maybe you haven't given your heart to the Lord. Never repented and said, God, forgive me. And I want to give my life to you, my heart to you. If that's you and you haven't, you haven't made that commitment to the Lord and you're here tonight and you feel the love of God and you know He's coming soon, if you want to just throw your hand up. While, while heads are bowed, just throw your hand up and say, that's me. I want to make a commitment to Jesus tonight. Give my heart to the Lord this evening. This evening. God bless you, young man. Someone else, lift your hand up and say, I want to give my heart to Jesus tonight. I want to give my life to the Lord. Praise God. I think I saw a hand shoot up over there on the left real quickly. God bless you. God bless you. So proud of you. I just wonder right now then if the whole church would pray this prayer with me and those who lifted their hand. Let's pray this prayer out loud. Heavenly Father, I know you love me. I believe with all my heart you died for me. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Save me. I know you're coming again. I want to be ready. Now use me to bring others to you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Can we put our hands together and praise God as pastor comes? Close our-